Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to guys guys radio this is your host robert manny broadcasting live on sunday august 23rd 2015 uh we've got a great show this evening our special guest who i'll bring on shortly is author mitchell levy and he's got a whole bunch of books that he has put out and i'll be interested uh, i'm interested in talking to him about uh social media and brand building etc but um, we're at Guys Guys Radio this evening, and um, it is Sunday night. So we usually do the shows on Wednesday at 7 p.m., but we're moving things around a little bit to accommodate my travel schedule, also our guests, and uh, try to get a show in every week throughout the summer. And we're in late August, and I thought about taking a couple of weeks off, but I decided, no, keep going. Every week we need a show. Just keep grinding it out. Content, content, content. But we're going to talk about that with our guests this evening. So let's see what's going on in our guys, guys world today. As you know, you know, the world of guys, guy and the guys, guys movement isn't just about men. It's about when men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. The whole thing all started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. It is a novel, not a nonfiction book, but a lot of people thought it was kind of a guidebook. And within the uh, context of the book, the main character does write a column for a woman's magazine about how guys really tick, what makes them tick, how they think, how they react, how they act. So uh, it started It started to uh, build some momentum. We began with Guys Guys Radio about 150 podcasts ago. And my blog is at robertmanny.com. We have some videos out there now. We've got a YouTube channel. Uh, Robert Manny author, Facebook, Robert Manny author. You can hit me up if you want to friend me just on Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I, and Twitter at Robert Manny. And uh, the book, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, we've gotten fabulous reviews, so I'm very appreciative of that. Um, probably your best place now to get it is on Amazon or the e-tailers. You can get the physical book or the e-book. I have shipped off the screenplay adaptation. It's being looked at. I entered in a bunch. I entered it into a bunch of contests out in LA and talking to some people. So we'll see what happens. That's a process. So we we get the work into the process, but we make sure that we keep creating because if you're in the artistic world, you create or you die, basically. So that's what we want to do. Um, the weather here in New York City and the metropolitan area this summer has been spectacular, and it just goes on and on and on. We had another great week. The forecast was for a lot of rain over the past couple of days. I know some areas in New Jersey got really walloped. Um, I used to live in Scotch Plains, and that was one of the places that was hardest hit, and it's in kind of a flood zone, and um, it got walloped. So I don't mean to minimize uh, you know, what, what happened on the, the rainy day we had, I believe it was Thursday, Thursday night, it did come down hard, but then <clears throat> the forecast was for kind of 50% rain throughout the weekend. And we really kind of sk skirted that, um, yesterday was spectacular. I was down to Jersey shore. I came back today with my uh, family and, um, 
New York was a little bit overcast, but it was a really nice day, and the forecast for the week is fantastic. So we just keep going and going and going, so no complaints there. Um, and more important news besides the weather, we've got, you know, interesting to see what happens with the stock market tomorrow. It's been taking a nosedive. A lot of it's driven by alleged softening in the Chinese economy, the devaluation into one, and, um, and the Chinese backing their currency by gold now. So we'll see what happens with that because it's a very touchy situation. And then we have the... Uh, the president of China coming over to meet with Obama in September. We've got the Pope coming over in September. So a lot of stuff, a lot of wild predictions about things that are going to happen worldwide in September and mid-September to be exact. So fasten your seatbelts and think positive thoughts. Um, I don't know if anybody out there has been watching some of the summer TV series. I'm not a big TV guy myself. I take my media in, in uh, measured doses. But I do happen to like, uh, I, I enjoyed the second season of True Detective. I did not watch the first season. Everybody tells me how much better that was. I think I watched like one episode and it was like, they're making me think too much. I just want to be entertained. And then I watched the second season. I actually got sucked in. The plot was much too complicated for its own good, but I thought the performances were interesting. And um, and I, I, I was... I was uh, I was looking forward to watching each new episode on Sunday. So all in all, I thought they did a good job. I don't go by what the critics say. I go by what I like. It's like wine. You know, you have to drink what you like to drink because ultimately you're the one consuming it. And I also enjoy Ray Donovan. The show's really dark. And I think there's too many of these dark shows now, but I happen to like it because there isn't, there is kind of a satirical underpinning to it. And, uh, you know, Ray Donovan, he's like the new Tony Soprano. Uh, he, but he, he plays it in an understated way. So uh, I think that's a lot of fun. And it's interesting that there's so many dark, dark, there's so much darkness in terms of TV and movies. We've got, you know, the superhero movies. Now we've got some dark stuff and uh, a couple of, oh, and some comedies that are like the Judd Apatow comedies. Now that seems to be playing the train wreck and things like that. And ever since uh, hangover, um, 40 year old virgin, that, that whole stream. I know, I know, uh, Hangover wasn't Judd Apatow, but it's in kind of that same slappy dappy vein. But you know, it's interesting that Entourage, which I thought was a very clever show, and uh, it, the movie really didn't uh, hit knock the ball out of the park. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it, but uh, there was some pushback against it, saying that was you know the idea hadn't uh, hadn't evolved. So whatever that means. But now I see they've got a show on. Showtime, or it's at HBO, I'm not sure, called Ballers. It's with uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He plays a sports agent, and he tries to kind of wrangle these spoiled brat football players who were playing, I think, on the Miami Dolphins. And I, I've tried to watch it, and it's just, you know, sorry, it's not very good in my opinion. Um, I think he's a very likable, The Rock, very likable actor. But this role requires a lot of subtleties and He's not Brando, let's put it that way, but he is likable, and I think he's great in action movies, and I don't blame him at all, and or his agent, whatever, for putting him into a role that, 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 that uses his kind of physical sports background, but, but uh, puts him kind of in a different light where he needs to act a little bit more, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Sorry. Uh, what else is happening out there? Ashley Madison. So we've got this website for cheaters. I think there's 20 million people, 23 million people worldwide, or is it 45 million? I don't know, but it's millions. And uh, they got hacked, and all the data went out there in people's names, and uh, 
you know, uh, and people were shaming them, saying, uh, you know, you do this disservice to humanity by having a website for cheaters. But, you know, the flip side of that is it is private information. Let's not get all high and mighty when you're, you know, stealing people's information and putting it out there. Who are you? Who are you to judge hackers uh, about Ashley Madison? But they are finding some interesting people on there, like this Josh Duger guy, who was, I guess he has a TV show about family values. And I think he had two accounts on Ashley Madison. So that's pretty funny. And then another case of fallen heroes, if you will, Jared from Subway, uh, we find out he's been a very naughty, naughty boy, to say the least. And uh, so he's out. And um, some of the management team at Subway who, you know, otherwise had done a pretty darn good job over the last 15 years or so, uh, they're out because I guess people think, and I don't have the information on this, that they might have known that Jared was a little bit uh, dicey and uh, they and they didn't they didn't really dig deep enough because he, they were riding the Jared gravy train for a while for Subway. So, but seems like so many of these people, uh, uh, you know, these so-called like superstars and heroes come tumbling down very quickly. Another thing going on, uh, we have the election, of course, uh, that all that whole circus with Donald Trump and Hillary's email and building a wall on the Mexican border. And just it's crazy. It's scary, crazy. So we'll see what happens. I think the next Republican debate is on CNN in the middle of September. So that's another crazy thing in the middle of September. And having it on CNN should be interesting because, you know, all the questions won't be about God. They'll be about more substantive issues in terms of governance. Um, here in New York, our mayor, Bill de Blasio, has been under pressure since day one. Uh, he's just, he's just not cutting it with a, in a lot of people's eyes. He kind of swung and missed on the first snowstorm. He apparently does not have good relations with the press. He's habitually late for events. And, um, and he thinks he's a national figure and he really hasn't done too much yet. Um, now they're getting, he took on Uber, uh, challenged them and uh, that didn't go too well. Uh, and then he also said he was going to get rid of the uh, horse-drawn carriages in Central Park, and they're still there. And uh, now he said he wants to tear up the new Times Square promenade, if you will. Uh, and as a New Yorker, somebody who's been here for many years, I don't even go near Times Square because it's a freak show now. I like the fact that they made it a pedestrian arcade, but it's been taken over by all these costume characters. and. And it's, it hasn't really helped with the traffic. So I, I don't mind if they get rid of it. I don't, I don't want it to be just cars, but if maybe if they get rid of the costume characters and, uh, and now they have uh, men and women walking around topless. So women making a statement there, it's pretty funny. Uh, and it's their right to make a statement there, but it's just become kind of a, Times Square has been coming kind of a freak show recently and it is at the center of the city so i hope they can kind of get a grip on it so uh that's some of the things going on this wild summer of 2015 um let's talk about our guest i'm very pleased that mitchell levy he's a ceo and thought leader architect of think aha and the chief aha instigator at the aha amplifier 
Uh, he and his team, basically what they do, they work with, for corporations to easily create compelling content that turn their experts into recognized thought leaders. And Mitch is all about um, content curation for businesses. He's Amazon best-selling author, 43 business books, uh, contributor at Entrepreneur Magazine, and he's done a lot of consulting with a lot of big companies. Um, and he's got a lot of socially media labeled enabled ebooks that he offers for free. So it's interesting because my background is uh, marketing and advertising and I know the power of social media and I know the whole idea behind content curation. I am building my own guys, guys brand. Now, most of what I'm doing has been, um, generating my own content because I look at this as kind of straddling business as well as, uh, I'll put it in quotes, art between my book, my screenplay, my podcast, my scripted TV, uh, blogs, etc. So I'm interested to get Mitch's take on branding and working with companies and uh, you know the idea of uh, content curation versus content generation. So let's bring him on now. Mitch, are you there? It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, welcome. Um, as I, I was as I was just beginning, let's 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 start at let's take a couple of steps back and start at the beginning. I I was I was mentioning you know the fine line between content curation and content generation. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the um, art of the aha, if you will. Absolutely, it, it, and it was great to uh, well both great and and uh, a little interesting to listen to you read my bio since the the aha comes up so often. But I think we live in a world today where we have a seven-second attention span. And so you have to immediately get somebody's attention. And uh, why not give them an aha? Uh, give them an aha message that they're going to resonate with. And so that's, that's sort of where that, where, where that comes about. So, I, you know, it's interesting to listen to you. I liked it. Didn't mind it. Um, you know, we... I hope not. I hope not. No, it was your no, bio. No, no, no. That was my bio. <laughs> I gave it to you, but it was interesting to hear you read it. Um, you know, it's interesting to, to think about sort of when I think about my background. I was a consultant at corporations uh, since 1997, doing lots of high-end management consulting on the e-commerce space. I then in 2005 became a book publisher, um, and we've published over 750 titles, uh, both physical books, I think close to 300, and the rest e-books. And, and so I've learned a lot from helping um, other authors publish their books, get their brand out there, and we what, still what have kind of books? books publishers. Um, what kind of books? Traditionally, business books. Um, okay. You know, we we we've done. I've experimented with a, a couple things outside of the general business genre, but you know, the type of book that you're talking about that you do that help you be more effective as a business personality. Right? Think of it as you're publishing mm -hmm. a book, but it's the best business business card you could possibly have. Right. right, and so that's kind of where we we focus, um, and then and then uh, starting in 2013, I, I recognized a mistake that I made, and and this is going to help you understand and go back to your initial question. The mistake I made in running the book publishing company is I never put a thought leader out there, right? I never put so I was publishing and pushing the brands of the companies I was publishing under. You know, so our brands, Think Aha, Happy About, Superstar Press, Quick to Publish, uh, 42 Rules. Um, we publish all books for the publicly traded company Synopsis, so Synopsis Press, right? So we did all of that, 
But I didn't put the Mitchell-Levy brand out there as the thought leader helping on the democratization of book mm-hmm. publishing, and that was necessary. So okay. I think that's important. So the, the real question is, what is a thought leader, right? So, so to me, and this is very simple, and it was good to hear your definition of what, what the guy's guy is and what the guy's guy guide is, right? And, and the fact that you're not focused on just guys, but you're focused on in being inclusive, just being a better person, mm-hmm. right? So a thought leader is a recognized expert. So it's the recognized expert in the space that you're playing, now, what I'll tell you about that, so you have to define, A, what space you're playing in, both from a, uh, a physical location. So do you want to reach people in, in New York City? Do you want to reach people in the country? Do you want to reach people in the world? So location is one, and then also what you're focused on, right? And, and so, you know, the bigger your dreams, the harder it is to become a thought leader in that space. But that's what a thought leader is, is a recognized expert in a particular space. And to me... In today's world, and this has changed a lot, Robert. Um, in the old days, to be the recognized expert, you stood on the you stood on the pulpit and you shouted from the mountains. You know, you came down with your ten tablets and you said, "Hey, this is the answer." Right? Um, in today's world, you have to be authentic. You have to be trustworthy. You have to be more sincere in what you do. And I think, and this is where going back to your question on curation versus uh, versus origination. I think 80% of the content you share as a thought leader should be somebody else's because it shows that you're paying attention to your space. It shows that you know who the other experts who are playing in your space, the other thought leaders are. You can tie together what they say and how it relates to the lives of the audience and the members you're dealing with. So to answer your question, a little longer-winded, but Brian, a little bit of background of me, I think the important part here is that you are sharing 80% of the content you share should be somebody else's. And why is that? It, it really, it shows that you, it, it shows that you're authentic. It shows that you have a good grasp of the audience, of your members. You know who they are. You know who, who else they are listening to. You're integrating other people's content. Um, it, it makes you feel and, and seem more trustworthy. If the only thing you have to say is your words and it's 100% originated from you, uh, you start losing trust in your audience. Why? Uh, because they don't feel you're well-rounded enough. They don't feel – I mean, this is, these are great questions, but um, if, if, uh, if you listen to Donald Trump, right, the question is, you know, he has a strong opinion on many different topics. But after a while, you, you wonder where it comes from. You wonder where his advisory board is. You wonder, you know, it, does he have a well-rounded opinion of what he's doing, or is it it's just based on his past experience in those things? And, 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 and the types of folks who were in the past considered thought leaders were, were guys who really had the opinion and, and had the only answer. But I, 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 what I'm seeing in organizations today is their desire to have people who – who reach out to their audience overall, who feel authentic, because who they're talking to, the companies themselves are talking to their customers. In order to talk to the customer, you have to understand who the customer is, and they have to relate not just to the company, but to the individuals they're dealing with. Yeah, so I think let's let's bifurcate it a little bit, because I think um, 
you know, there's the personal brand, if you will, and people who are creating, quote unquote, some type of artful stuff. And then there's, you know, corporate uh, B2C, B2B. And, uh, you know, when you're developing thought leaders in corporations, I think curating uh, is incredibly important because you don't want to just hear somebody's opinion. When you're uh, creating a personal brand, I think, of course, you should be aware, uh, you know, of who else is saying what and know the space. But I don't think um, generate, I think it's wise if you have your own personal brand to generate a lot of your own content. And I don't see how that makes you inauthentic uh, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're acknowledging you're not the only one in the space. But there can be authenticity through content generation. As a as a personal brand, I know I see a lot of people on Facebook, for instance, who are just curating and they're just sending stuff out there, and it's never an original idea. And it's like, okay, fine. Or they they wrap it around some thread. Like I know somebody who does something with dancing, and all her stuff, you know, has has a dotted line back to dancing. I get it. I think it's smart. But I haven't seen, in many cases, an, an original thought. Like, I'd like to know from an authenticity standpoint, okay, wh what do you really think? What are your tips? Not just sharing other people's tips. From a brand uh, a corporate stance, I think it's incredibly important that you are curating because the consumer uh, wants information that uh, it's not just being blasted at them from a brand or from a company. And uh, they want to know that you're sensitized to their their needs and their issues, of course. So I guess my question is, and forgive me for a long, uh, long-winded question, is how do you see the difference between, uh, or do you see a difference between developing a more personal brand and a... Uh, and a corporate thought leadership platform. Oh, absolutely. I mean, huge difference. And then you did a great job of articulating it. And I think for, for the individual who's, who's pushing a personal brand and all they do is 100% aggregate or curate content, um, or in this case, it's probably more aggregate. All, all they're doing is aggregating content and not giving their own opinion, then who are they? Right, other exactly. than just potentially an interesting aggregator. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing that uh, – one area I wanted to point out, and you see this more on Facebook than anything else. Mm -hmm. If you start curating your peers' content, then what happens is, is, is you do a couple favors for them, and they feel a little more comfortable doing favors for you. Yep. So if you're looking to increase, uh, you know, in the social media space, if you're looking to increase your clout score, right, you want a higher organic reach mm -hmm. to your audience to be able to incorporate the, the content and do posts where your either peers in the industry or other thought leaders in the industry are doing things, but you do some stuff together. So you'll see a lot of my, my brand. So my, my Twitter handle is happy about either Google Mitchell Levy or you get to happy about and you see lots of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, when I go out and visit people, I'm a big fan of doing, doing the selfie and then promoting the person I'm with, mm -hmm. right? Because then I help reach yep. their, I help them reach my audience. And it's, it's always fun to see the people who we know together, but I also, they're helping me reach their audience. And so that's yeah, part that's of great. it as well by sharing other people's content is you are helping each other sort of grow the audience. 
So let me ask you a question, Mitch, for our listeners out there. How on Facebook, for instance, uh, physically, how do you actually do that? Do you do, uh, is it a hashtag? Is it at the other person? How do you attribute, uh, you know, tag them basically? How do you do that? Yeah, they, you know, the, the thing that Facebook's Facebook, tricky. Yeah, Facebook's a little tricky because it, it's not as easy to do unless you are already friends with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're not friends with somebody else, I mean, you can uh, you can actually uh, when you're typing in their name, if you type a, a an uh, an at symbol before and you put their name in, typically the names of the people that you're connected to uh, will come up. The only case that the names will come up, or at least what I found, one of the cases where the names come up where you're not connected to them is if they're a public person, if they've created a Facebook page that says they're a public personality. Mm-hmm. In which case, what happens is their name will, as you're typing your name, it'll show up, and then you click on their name, and then you're actually linked to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens for me, what I end up doing is the people who I want to be associated with, i.e. the peers, the folks that I feel are peers in my space, um, what, I, what I do is I, I go out of my way to um, like some of the things they do. I comment mm-hmm. on some of the yep. posts they make. So that at the point in time where I want them to be a friend of mine, when I send out that friend request, mm-hmm. that they say yes. Right? I, I mean, the other day somebody sent me a friend request on LinkedIn, and we had 186 shared connections. I'm like, oh, we should have been connected a long time ago, right? Yep. So, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. You know, if you're, you know, if if you have one shared connection with somebody else, that means something. If if you have, you know, 10 or 20 or 40 or 50 it means mm-hmm. something else. And so sometimes you would say yes, just because, you know, even if you don't know somebody well, but they're connected to all your friends. Now, if you're building a personal brand, let's, let's, I'll, I'll try to frame the questions in personal brand or a corporate, corporate brand, if you will. Um, so if you're doing a personal brand, uh, you know, Facebook has really, you could have, let's for, I'll give you for instance, I have like, I don't know, over 5,000 likes on my author page. You know, I put out right. a post and right. I could reach like 12 people, 16 people. I mean, they have they have ratcheted down oh, where they're basically choking you. They're choking yeah. us saying, you know, you want to boost the post? You know, you have to, you know, they so and for a lot of uh, marketers trying to, you know, you know, I, I, the way I look at it is this. If you've gotten 5000 likes, when you put a post out, you should reach the people that you have organically gleaned uh and farmed if you will as likes you know if they want to reach 16 people over that fine but you know to make people uh pay to reach the people who already like them that, that that's you know how many as uh bud fox said in wall street how many hey gordo how many water how many boats can you water ski behind i mean it's like is that really necessary how do you how do you counsel your personal brand clients to slaying the Facebook dragon, if you will. Remember, there are different tools for different reasons, right? I, I use Facebook, um, and particularly the folks that I'm connected to on Facebook, I use it more as a tool where I want to see, I want to see the personality of the people I'm working with, mm-hmm. right? I, I want to see who they are. I, I care if they're going away for the weekend in Napa Valley or, or, or spending a week in, in the Hamptons or whatever it is. Right. So I care about that. Um, when, if I'm interested in a constant stream of content, 
You know, that's where I'm thinking about Twitter, and it's much easier to reach a larger right. group of folks with Twitter. Yeah. And there's a, mm-hmm. there's a number of different tools where you can have your message amplified further, and so we're happy to talk about those. There are two that come immediately to mind. Um, and then I'm, I'm still a big LinkedIn fan, right? I, don't, I used to say that LinkedIn is your 24 by 7 resume, but that would, that would actually belittle what LinkedIn really is. LinkedIn is the search engine optimized landing page for you. So the person who wants to create their personal brand, you have to have a LinkedIn page. And that LinkedIn page really should be, it's not your resume. It is the types of terms and activities that are going on that represent who you are so that if somebody Googles your name or Googles things that are associated with you, they go to your LinkedIn page. Now, if it turns out that you want to advertise a Facebook page from LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you make it a project, right? Or there's, or your books should be listed as, as projects or things that you've published. Right. But, you know, I've got – my goal at the moment is to hit 10,000 followers on, on LinkedIn. I'm at kind of like 8,800, 8,900. So, but every time I publish on the LinkedIn publishing platform, which is called Pulse – so every time I publish an article on Pulse, you know, I, it tells me that I've I've been that LinkedIn has notified all of my followers that I've published a new article. So unlike Facebook today, where you know there's five percent or so of my followers or people who like me and who are following, um, with LinkedIn I get more. So it's it depending on so to answer your question, depending on the platform and what you're doing and. And, mm-hmm. and although many people would argue that Google Plus is out, um, Google Google in its community still helps you reach a lot of people. So it just depends mm-hmm. on where you're, where you are. But let me turn the let me turn the story around. Instead of worrying about the advertising of what you're doing, so that you're blasting out to the world the message you want them to receive, think about a different way. Think about your fans liking the content you write so much that they're sharing it to their networks, right? And that's the model that we're moving towards, yep. mm-hmm. right? And so that's what so that's what I love to talk about, what I consult with, what I focus on, and, and spend time and energy um, helping my clients figure out how to do. Well, how do you – okay, for um... – let me talk about LinkedIn a little bit with you. You know, as having a 30-year career in marketing and advertising, it is kind of like my resume and my guys' guys stuff. I don't really – there's some of it on there, my videos on there, but I don't really go all hogs out on guys' guy on my LinkedIn because so many people know me from my marketing and advertising world. And when I get hit on, on LinkedIn, so many times it's solicitations and I don't read any of the articles because I don't need to read 10 questions you're going to get asked on your interview. And all you know, I don't, I don't need to read most of the stuff that I see on LinkedIn, like business thoughts, like how, how is a business like a brand? How is a brand like a person? All this stuff that, you know, people try to put out there to show that they're smart on LinkedIn. As a business person, I don't read any. I'm just being honest. Maybe it's me. I don't read any of it. And for my personal brand, I focus more on the other social media tools, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and then my product, if you will, uh, to get that out there. Because 
having a different platform for my career, quote unquote, traditional career platform, that's what I use LinkedIn for. And I sprinkle it with a little bit of like project wise with the guys, guys stuff. But, you know, my advertising and marketing, people know me for that. So and I don't really vibe with the articles I see on LinkedIn because most of the people who contact me, I don't know who they are and they're trying to sell me something. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, so by the way, it's just personal. Just, no, no, no. I hear you, but but so let me let's be critical, and you could be critical back. And so, so what happened? You had a great opportunity. You reached out to me, right? And and I did as well, by the way. So we get to know each other better. But you know what? We're not connected on LinkedIn yet. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna get to hit the connect button now because That's fine. Okay. once we've touched each other at some point in time, and potentially even before, we should have done that. Now, when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, and by the way, I, you know, I was one of the top 100,000 people to start using LinkedIn. I, I really love it as a tool. And okay. I thought I had the most amazing LinkedIn profile. And, and then what I did is I looked back and, and somebody put, changed the lenses in which I'm looking at the world. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they said, Mitchell, your LinkedIn profile is your resume. That's what you've got listed. And by the way, so I'll say this to you, Robert. Your LinkedIn profile right now looks like your resume. Mm -hmm. And what I'll say is it should be more than that. It should be the SEO landing page for Robert Manny, right? So, you know, and and so what that means is when you're thinking about the titles of the things you've done. So if in – and let's just talk about Guy's Guy. If in the Guy's Guy guides – your goal is to help people move from A to B, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You want to incorporate that more into the – so, for instance, when you say experience, you know, president of Brand Enable, LLC. But I love that stuff, and that's where you actually mention the guy's guy, and then you have president of Agent 16. What you mm-hmm. also want to incorporate is the type of buzzwords that sort of resonate with a person who would resonate with the guy's guide guides. Okay. Right. And so because it's, you're, you're already doing this, what's, what's really interesting is when I say that the expert should be sharing 80 percent of content to somebody else, I'll also make another statement. I think that within a corporation or certainly if you're building your own brand, you need to be a thought leader. But inside corporations, I think 100 percent of the corporation itself needs to be thought leaders. They need to be recognized experts yep. in the space they play with. So what does that mean? It means that we've it, think about is we've democratized thought leadership. We've given the ability for somebody who's an expert in whatever area they do to be able to talk about their expertise. So if I was curious to tie together what you do, Robert, with what other people who look like you do, I'd have to work at it at the moment, right? Where I'd kind of want to say I'd want to kind of see a couple buzzwords that that talk about what you stand for be able to then Google those buzzwords or, or type those buzzwords in the LinkedIn uh, search area and see five or six other people. And maybe I'd be interested in creating a program where it'd be five or six people who are all your peers get together and talk about what you're doing, right? So to take advantage of the energy of all of your networks to drive a message that goes further. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I think my situation is somewhat in that space and somewhat not because uh, I'm going B2C with my Guys Guys brand and with my LinkedIn, it's more B2B. And I think to make the Guys Guys portion of it uh, take over 
predominance on my LinkedIn, I have to I, I have to continue to build the platform, uh, so it equals yeah, sure. what I've sure done. I'd, I'm not sure I'd make it a predominant component, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do that if you're still well. More, 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 more predominant than it is now, if you will. I mean, dial it yeah, up. I mean, your background, the places you've worked, the jobs you've had are amazing, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, but they're you. just sort of you're absolutely welcome. But they're just sort of thrown out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So what in the job that you did, if I'm looking at the executive director of strategy of AOL, right, what did you do in that job that's relevant to what you're doing today? Or what did you do in the job? It, this is a rhetorical question. What did you do in that job that's relevant to the guy's guy brand? Right. And so I'm just saying to bring out, do a little bit more salt and pepper. So then all of a sudden I look at this thing, and I go, wow, this guy's impressive. Right? So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then when you publish your blog post here, so if you use the, the LinkedIn publishing platform, you get to reach a little bit more. It just helps you extend your reach a little further. Yeah. And now why do I say this? If somebody hears your name, either Guy's Guy Guide or Robert Manny, and they Google it, typically what happens is search the, the, these, big, uh, these big social media companies are spending time, money, and energy optimizing their brand so that the LinkedIn page with your brand pops up, right? And if that's the first representation that comes up about you, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or your YouTube channel or your Twitter page, whatever pops up first, or certainly the first five that pop up that represent you, you want to make sure they're optimized for the overall Robert Many, right? So you wouldn't want to if putting your B2C brand would piss off your B2B clients, we got to be a little more subtle about it. But it shouldn't be zero. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree. Okay, that's sound advice. Let's let's talk a little bit, and uh, you know, we can take it off of me for a second. Um, let's, let's talk about when you're working with corporations and uh, with social media with corporations. You know, everybody has to have a website. And then what happened was initially, and correct me if you disagree, but you know. You know, I, I noticed when, like, when Chester Cheeto got a website, then, then it was like, okay, everybody has a website. And then the most of the websites, this is stage one of the internet, if you will, they didn't know what how to marketing enable the websites, if you will. So then it became content and fun and all of that. And I've always thought, like, I'm still not going to go to Chester Cheeto's website unless you're going to give away a million dollars. Bang, okay, they're going to have a sweepstakes. But... You know, there's a lot of competition for the eyeballs, and now the you know the web is synergistic with television. Everything else is intertwined, so it doesn't matter that much. But initially, these B2C brands uh, they didn't know what they were doing online. Now everybody's got their website. The websites are marketing enabled. Um, I guess the issue becomes how do these brands show leadership through a combination of you know what they stand for in terms of original content and curating information that's going to develop a relationship with their end user consumer for instance you know you're going to buy a car you're going to spend a lot of time online looking for the car and uh and then you're going to go to the dealership and a lot of transactions happen that way or you do spend time online you buy something on amazon or whatever but the whole paradigm if you will of uh of of content creation origination and and uh curation Curation. 
is, is a very uh, tricky prospect when you're dealing with uh, trying to create these thought leaders online. So, you know, for instance, you can have like a rum brand and then there's some guy with a straw hat and he becomes your rum guy and tells you what, how to make different drinks and what rums go with what occasion and all that stuff. But how do you, I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff out there, but how do you advise uh, B2C brands as well as B2B brands that aren't creating art, if you will, but are creating brands that people buy, whether it's insurance, whether it's rum, whether it's whatever B2C brand or a B2B brand. Gotcha. Well, here, here's let me tell you one problem we have today. So, so you remember when before companies had websites, they would say, "Hey, I don't need a website." Then everyone had one. We could go back to fax. Right. We don't need a fax machine, and then everyone had one. Right. Then, oh, we don't need to be on social, and then everyone's on social. But what's happening still is a number of these vehicles were using them in a way that were advertising. Right. Instead of spending money and saying, "Hey, here's a TV commercial, one directional." Here's right. my content, one directional, right? And, and if you don't, we don't want to interact with you. Don't ask us a question, right? But here's my content. That's wrong, right? So mm -hmm. when, you buy, when you buy from a company, at the end of the day, you're not necessarily buying from the company. You're buying from the person, right? If you went to three – for an automobile manufacturer, if you, if you went to three different places to buy a car and you really didn't care which one, you may gravitate to the to the person at the end who made you feel the best, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a nice transaction. It's easy to do. Everything's public, right? It's it's you know you you don't feel like you're ripped off. You know, once again, authentic, transparent. So, so now what's interesting is what and here's the problem I thought I'd mention: companies pay people to do their job, but when they want to speak about their job, they're told not to talk about it, right? right? <laughs> because you. Right, so that so this is a problem. Now this will fix itself. Now I can't tell you if it's going to fix it. At some companies, it's already there, but in many companies, it may be you know one, three, five, ten years before companies figure out that the the company itself is is the cons consolidation of their individual brands, the individual employees who are recognized experts in their space. So if mm -hmm. somebody at a B two C company, uh, let's take M and M Mars Candy Company. If somebody at m and Mars happened to be really good in financial accounting and they did some things that were really uniquely different, shouldn't that person be an expert in that space? Shouldn't that person be recognized in that space? What happens every time that person gets out and starts talking about it, they bring good quality brand and good quality aura to m and Mars. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, that may be a company that's not as comfortable. So as you're seeing more people going out there and doing it. You're a great example of, of how to mix drinks, right? So as you're seeing more and more people do that, it's the, the technology to do it is a whole lot easier. And as companies, what we need to do is figure out is how to enable, not disable, our employees right. from getting the message out there. So one of the things I've done recently, which is fun, um, for those that are, that are interested, um, I created, because what happens is, I can't tell you how many people I bump into who still sort of say, you know, just like the old days, we don't want a website. I, I can't tell you how many people I go into that says, uh, I've, got a, I've got a LinkedIn page, but I haven't looked at it in three years, right? Or, or I, I don't do Twitter because it's, it's a waste of time. So I created an online course um, called Social Media in Five Minutes a Day for the Busy Professional. And I did it in such a way that was interesting, and that is it takes 30 minutes to go through the course, right? So it's simple, right? Pretty 
pretty straightforward. And what it's going to do is give you the tips and tricks that are necessary so that you can continue to increase your followers while only spending five minutes a day and feeling like you're doing the right stuff. And, and based on the reaction so far in that, I'll probably start doing more of those because it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. To be a thought leader, I realized I needed to be very heavy in the social media. So what did I do? I went out and I made friends with those people who are in my space who are heavy in social media, and I did them favors. You know, and now I'm getting some of them back, and I continue to do more. And I just I like helping other people. So anyhow, it's, um, if you go to thinkaha.com, which is uh, the primary website, I think okay. the URL is thinkaha.com slash, it's mm-hmm. S-M. 5-M-I-N. So S-M for social media, 5-M-I-N. And I think on the homepage it will link you there too. But, you know, it's just it, then you get to a landing page. So this is, you know, and that landing page mm-hmm. says, you know, what we do. And, and uh, you know, if you take the course and you really hate it, uh, let me know and I'll give you your money back. Right? I mean, it's not about, it's not about that one-time sale. It's about and, – and in the course – we'll, you know, once again, the course is made up of, I think, six, there's six segments that are less than five minutes of watching a video, right? It's mm-hmm. really simple stuff, and, it, and it's supposed to, and I think that's what, what I did there is just I have an expertise in the area I wanted to share. Now, when I talk to my clients, the question I ask, what do you have expertise in that you'd want to share with your audience? And does that expertise, is that relevant for you personally, the Robert Manny brand, was that mm-hmm. relevant for your B2B brand, right? And we're using you as an example, but if you're in the audience listening to us, you have expertise in the area. Is there an audience that would be interested in hearing that? Is there mm-hmm. a way that you could package it where they consume it fairly quickly and fairly, fairly easily? Um, and so that's kind of what I do. One of the things, let me give you a couple tools, Robert. Um, sure. I'm a big fan of a company called Gaggle Amp. Um, so if you go to gaggleamp.com, and you could see it off of some of my websites, um, it's an interesting way to um, – you, you, you do need to pay money if you want to create a gaggle. And then what happens is people follow you on that gaggle, and as you share content, they can share the content that you share, or they can set up where they automatically share the content you share. So it's a good way to build a brand and build following. And I have um, I have a gaggle that I use for a show that I run called Thought Leader Life. And so I, I've got a gaggle set up, and we get lots of traction from that. So at some point in time, Robert, you and I can do something, say, hey, Mitchell, why don't you gaggle this for me? And, you know, and I've got 170 people who may gaggle it on their mm-hmm. social media network. Um, okay. The other tool I have, and, and I want to encourage you to do this yourself, I have a tool called the AHA Amplifier. So if you go to ahaamplifier.com, um, right now the tool is free, and many of the, we call them AHA books, many of the AHA books are free. And so think of the ability to grab 147-second commercials or seven-second AHA messages, the ability for you to be able to communicate to your audience in ways that they really get it. Now, whether or not you write it all yourself or you curate it or aggregate it. And so that's what the AHA amplifier is. You, you download the you, – you log on. You either log on with the email name or you get in with your social media password. And, and right now, like I said, it's free. And then you get four AHA books for signing up. And then there are, there are at least, I don't know, at least 20 or 30 other AHA books which are free. Um, so the overall system has 25,000 AHA messages in them. And if you're going to be sharing other people's content, this is a great place to find it. 
And so that was my, my goal was to follow up. If people want to share content, they can do it. Now, for you, think about taking your existing book and turning it into an aha book. Or think about going to your audience and say, hey, can you answer these questions for me? And they give you the response to your questions, and all of a sudden you've curated another aha book. Mm-hmm. So it's another way that I've, I've, I've sort of thought that, hey, this is a great way. We can create authors relatively quickly, and we can encourage our audience to share content for them. Talk to us about uh, our guest is uh, it's Guys Guys Radio. Our guest is Mitchell Levy, uh, author, social media expert, and uh, aha guru, I guess. Um, you've done 43 business books, and you claim that you can – put a book together in, what is it, 20 days or something like that? Tell us, tell us about that, because I think a lot of people who are interested in content creation, uh, you know, they get stuck on page one or paragraph one. How do you manage to be so prolific and so quick? Oh, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's now outdated. I'm now up to 45. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and by the way, if you, if you go to Pinterest, right? Go to Pinterest, search up Mitchell Levy. I think it's the mm-hmm. Pinterest.com slash think aha. And you could, I've got a, I've got a uh, group where it shows all 45 books. Okay. Um, I think what, what happens when you're writing a book, which is 25,000 words is a lot of times just people get stuck because they want to create that perfect book. A, a 25,000 word book by definition in my mind typically takes about a hundred or 120 hours to write. It just takes a while, right? I mean, if you sat down and you write it from beginning to end, you could do it in a couple of weeks. But typically what happens is, is it takes a while. People meander, you know, they get the writer's block, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. instead, I've got the concept of an aha book, which is a social media-enabled book, right? So mm-hmm. an aha book is 140 Twitter-sized quotes. So now focus on a particular topic, whether it's networking, or how to create a franchise, or how to do customer service, right? Okay. Or, or how, to, uh, <laughs> how to spend your time after work in a way that's both enjoyable and worthwhile, right? Whatever it is, you, what, to, to actually pull the book together, it's 140 quotes. Now, if the first thing you do is you publish it as a social media-enabled aha book, it'll take you somewhere around 10 hours to put something like that together. I mean, 10 hours, I mean, that's all it takes. Now. We do have the ability to turn that into a physical book, right? And sometimes people take longer because once it goes into physical book, you want to make it more. You well, know, let you me ask you something. Bust, you may want to add more, right? All right. Is it, it, this is like, so the book is all based on 140 char- character quotes, like Twitter, like tweets? Yes. Okay. Okay. I just was curious. Yeah, and, all right. No, no. And, and not all of my books have been that way. But what we often do is, is somebody who has a published book that's sitting on Amazon or a New York Times bestseller book, mm-hmm. we'll pull out the 140 lessons. Because, you know, right. as an mm-hmm. author of a book, what do you really want? I mean, yes, yeah, sometimes you'd love it if people read your book from beginning to end, but what you really want, you want people to remember the one, two, or three lessons. And if you can encapsulate those lessons, I call them an aha messages, if mm-hmm. you can ca- encapsulate them in aha messages that they'll remember, Oh, yeah, I remember this Robert Manny guy. He says, and they, they, they whip out that seven-second message, mm-hmm. man, you've done your job, right? You've yep. accomplished your goal, right? And that's kind of the, the focus behind uh, what we're doing here. 
Well, it makes sense because we've got, you know, we live in a fast-paced ADD world. Uh, if you look at any TV show or advertising or movie, the, the cuts are faster and faster. In fact, the cuts are so fast now that it's almost like working like hypnosis where you, you're you seeing new images before you have processed the previous images. I just saw the new uh, Mission Impossible movie, and it was so fast that you couldn't process, you couldn't keep up with the processing. It was just an overload. I don't, I actually don't go out to see too many movies anymore because I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be attacked that way, but I understand exactly what you're saying about, you have to really cut to the chase and give some, some people a hook, something to say, that guy said this, and then they know, who, then you generate awareness and then maybe you can take them on a deeper uh, dive, uh, you know, and you're, as you develop the relationship. So I, I love what you're doing. It makes perfect sense in oh, well, our dysfunctional, crazy world that we live in. <laughs> well, well, here's where it gets really interesting. So let, let's, let's assume that you start with a aha book, you know, once again, ahaamplifier.com mm -hmm. and it's 140 quotes. Well, now you could say, Hey, let's take the top 10 and write a blog post. If you, by the way, if you go on my LinkedIn uh, my LinkedIn publishing, I basically, I go to an aha book a week. When, you know, somebody who's published to the system, I pick the top five books, and that's my, and I, I'm sorry, the top five quotes from that book, and that's what I publish. Mm -hmm. I, and I say, hey, here's my favorite quotes and why, you know, and now I have an article. But, but imagine yeah. you do something like that, or you, you pick your top ten, and then you do a video, you know, you do a five-minute video on each. Right or or maybe you you say you know hey, Robert what if you, what if the next 140 or even just top the next 10 podcast the content is focused around you know 10, 10 aha messages that you pull right mm -hmm. I mean it's just it's just another way to sort of organize yourself around a very focused message that you want to communicate. No, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. What I would like to do is because we're running out of time, and I I want to give you a few uh, minutes to talk about uh, more about your brand and where people can find you because you have so much, so many websites, so many books, etc. But I want to take your social media course, you know, five minutes a day, and then go through it and put it into because what I have right now is I have. And I'll, I'm going to put myself and my brand to the test, my guys, guys brand. I have 150 podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, all available for free on iTunes, including this one. I've got my Facebook, uh, my Facebook platform, author and uh, personal Twitter. I've got YouTube videos. Uh, I've got my website. I do a new blog. I do a deep dive about a thousand words every week on a specific topic in an authentic way. I've got over 250 now. And um, right. and now we're. I've got an agent who's pitching a nonfiction guys guys book, which will hopefully be the first, the uh, seminal book in a series. And uh, I've got an idea for something else that's very specific. But what I will do, I think one of the things I haven't done enough is develop my brand from a social media standpoint the way you and other people have suggested in terms of packaging it up a little bit more. Sometimes it's tough when you're doing something that's new. People ask me, like, who else is doing what you're doing? I have to be very honest. I don't know. And it's, it's actually held me back with uh, my novel, my screenplay, 
my uh, radio show and just my nonfiction book proposal where I, where I have a good agent out there pitching because when you're doing something a little bit new, um, even though it's part of uh, what's going on in the culture, sometimes it takes a little bit longer and uh, maybe it needs to be a little bit more hooky or whatever. I'm not sure. But what I will do, Mitch, I would love to uh, take your course and see how it goes and get you back on the show and we can go through what I did right, what I did wrong, and you can have the platform. It would be it would be fun. I think it would help our listeners also because you know, a lot of people I, I have a lot of friends who say, Oh, I wish I was doing what you're doing. And I'm like, Don't be so sure because it's not, you know, <laughs> oh, it's I made work, a lot more right? money sell I, I made a lot yeah. more money selling eighteen hundred tequila with Michael Imperioli than I have doing this so far. But I think I'm really onto something. And you just, as you know, you just have to keep, you have to stick with it. And one of the blessings I have is I have so many fantastic guests on my show that I've learned so much about wellness, about spirituality. And, and I, I really think what you're doing is fantastic. And I would love to put myself to the test with your program and then get you back on here and we can talk about it. What do you think? I'd love that. That sounds great. Okay, so I'll hook you. Uh, we'll I'll hook up with you after yeah, the show. But yeah, yeah, happy to support you. Absolutely. Okay, let me, and I'm happy to support you too because I love what you're doing. I love the fact you say you want to help people. So I'm I'm in the same space as you. So let's let me give you the floor, Mitch. Um, you've done a wonderful job, and I've really enjoyed talking to you. Tell people where they can find out more about you, more they can where they can find the Aha brand and a lot of your programs. I know this is one of those, you, you hear Mitchell leaving, I've got lots of brands out there. So, so one thing, if you just went into Google and typed Mitchell Levy, um, you'll probably get most everything you need. But let me, let me focus you. Um, if you're a B2B corporation, you're looking for B2B branding, thought leadership help, um, go to thinkaha.com. Uh, thinkaha.com is where I do most of my bigger level consulting and have other consultants that also are part of the team. Um, if you're looking to create your own book and you want to have one in a week or two, and you go, oh, that's not possible, trust me, we had an author who finished her book in eight hours after hearing me talk. Eight hours after hearing me talk. So, <laughs> Fantastic. So she submitted it within 24 hours. We published it 24 hours later because we wanted a story to tell. She picked up her first client, by the way, 10 days after that because she was a published, a published author now. Um, so go to aha amplifier.com that's aha amplifier.com and then i'll give you one other one other site um i have fun interviewing a thought leader once a week i'm so very similar to your podcast and i put it on a show called thoughtleaderlife.com mm -hmm. and what's nice about that for those that see it and, and we do this in the corporation the corporate world as well is i'm what i'm doing now is i'm grabbing a co-host for the month and that co-host co-host helps me pick my speakers and so mm -hmm. we share content. We'll do, a, we'll do a live show in Google Hangouts. We'll stream to YouTube. We'll share the content on SlideShare. We strip out the audio and create a podcast for an existing podcast channel on iTunes. We create a couple of blog posts. And every half-hour show produces 40 or 50 aha messages. So after a month's worth of show with a co-host, I also have an aha book. So this is another way, awesome. another way that I've got a continual way to produce content and publish content is I have a new author producing an aha book with me once a month. Great. Awesome. 
I really like what you're doing and uh, and your passion about it also. And it's this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I, you know, I was reading about you beforehand. I'm like, wow, this guy's really he's got a lot of balls in the air, and he's got a lot of balls to, to do what he's doing uh, because I know. <laughs> Well, I, no I, I, figured, you know, I couldn't be I couldn't be on guys radio without mentioning the word balls at least right. once. So, okay. At some point, right? But uh, you know what? The, what the social media landscape is not an easy one to uh, to help educate people on, and it's constantly changing, and the metrics are you know sometimes indigestible. The you know all of the you know so many websites have slideshows now, so they get the clicks. A lot of the you know, the, a lot of the measurements are bogus. It's really difficult to really know wh what you're getting from your social media and unless you just go right to the bottom line and say, how many whatever did I sell? Uh, but, but it's much more than that because the relationship building is so important. And I think people like you are really doing a real service to everybody else who's out there with good ideas and with good content and they're struggling to get the word out there because a lot of the words they want to put out there are really positive and they're there to help people. So I want to thank you for doing what you're doing and for being my guest on guys, guys radio. Robert, my, my pleasure. I, I look forward to seeing what we do together. All right. All right. I'll hit you up after the show. Everybody make sure you check out Mitchell Levy's aha, all the websites he mentioned and uh, check out his books and um, Google them. If you have any questions on anything, Google them or hit me up and I'll point you to them and we'll just take it from there. So thanks so much, Mitch. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. Again, I enjoyed it and I'll catch up with you later. Uh, my pleasure. I, I look forward to seeing uh, a couple of your audience members create AHA amplifier books. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. That's our show for this evening. Um, uh, we went a little bit over, but that's okay. I book extra time because I, I like to see how the show's going with our guests. And uh, Mitchell's very interesting. And you know, I haven't had a lot of business people on the show. And business is part of you know making the world a better place. So as I like to say, you know, better men, better world. And it's up to the guys and the guys, guys out there to really be positive, to be authentic. Uh, to be gentlemen, and it's not just about dating, it's about relationships with, with women, with men, whoever, but it's about being a more authentic, better person, and to make the world a better place. So I want to thank Mitch, I want to thank my audience, and I look forward to getting everybody back here next week. You can catch this show uh, and all the other Guys Guys Radio podcasts on iTunes, and uh, have a fantastic week, and remember that Guys Guys, finish first. <laughs>